Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. At this point in the year, I begin to think about changes I want to make in my homeschool. One change you may want to consider is adding some project-based learning. My guest today is going to help us with that. Before I introduce her, I want to let you know about the projects I've included in Grammar Galaxy Nova for middle schoolers. While learning about literature, vocabulary, spelling strategies, and grammar, your student will complete fun writing projects like a restaurant review. Each project is broken down into simple steps completed each week. Whether you have a middle schooler or not, the good news is that all levels and resources at fundtolearnbooks.com are 20% off on Black Friday through Cyber Monday with code THANKS. Now for my interview with Nancy McHale. I met Nancy at the Great Homeschool Convention in Ontario, California. She is an educational consultant specializing in the creation and design of engaging pedagogy and active learning projects that excel beyond the requirements of California state standards. Nancy earned her Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Studies and Multiple Subject Teaching Credential at the California State University at Long Beach, and furthered her education by earning her Master's of Science in Curriculum and Instruction from California State University at Fullerton. Her experience within the education system ranges from preschool to 12th grade. However, Nancy's skills go above and beyond the classroom. She has taken her passion for teaching and education into after-school programs, academic advising, and nonprofit organizations. She is an active participant and presenter in educational conferences and workshops. Her drive to progress and create a better educational system allows her to take the lead in building curriculum, especially within language strategies and guided reading. Literacy is a vital component of education, and Nancy's desire to increase student learning is evident within her teaching and career. Here is our interview. Nancy, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am excited to talk with you about project-based learning today. But before we get started, I would love to have you tell us more about yourself and your family. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Um, so I have been in education for over 16 years from being a teacher to a principal to coaching student teachers. And now I work with homeschool families and create project-based learning resources. I have three children. Uh, there's seven, five, and three. And I work with them a lot and implement my projects with them a lot. They're kind of like my gu guinea pigs at home. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's what we need to use our kids for, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think every homeschooling mom does that. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. 
I would love to have you tell us more about what project-based learning is in case my listeners aren't clear on it. And, you know, I might not even be clear on it. So help us out (laughs) with that. Of course. So project-based learning is basically implementing and learning about a certain topic through a hands-on project-based learning, problem-solving, critical thinking way. So what it is, is when you focus on a topic and the kids have an essential question that they are to answer by the end of the project. And typically that essential question has to be some kind of to solve a real world type of problem. So I think it's easiest if I give an example. So one of the projects that I created was a weather project for kindergarten through second grade. And the essential question is what kind of structure could you build to protect you from a sunlit area? So that's the essential question, the problem that they have to solve. And in a project, it's typical to include other content areas. So, you know, with weather, that's science automatically. But if you could include writing, um, maybe even history, math, whatever else other content areas you can include, that's the most ideal. So um, the students will go through learning about weather, the different facets of it, seasons, doing activities to support the learning of weather, and uh, maybe even doing like a weather journal, tracking weather, uh, doing a bunch of activities to lead to that answering that essential question. So the essential, you know, when they get to the essential question, they will answer it, plan for it, plan the structure that they're going to build, and then go ahead and build the structure. And that's the idea of the project. They have the essential question. They learn if they're old enough to research on their own and take notes on their own on the topic, that's the most ideal. Do activities to support the information that they learned and then answer that essential question through building something, creating something, Really, you want to have an end product by the end of the project. Okay. All right. Very good. And so I can imagine how beneficial that type of uh, learning is where you have a project that requires, you know, a lot of background and experience. But tell us more about what makes project-based learning so beneficial for our kids? Yeah, it's one of my favorite ways of teaching because it encompasses and kind of hits so many things. So first, the learning aspect of it, obviously they're learning the content that they need to learn, but they're not only learning it, but they're thinking critically about it. They have to solve a problem. They have to um, analyze the situation They have to, um, you know, if they're working with their siblings or other kids, they're collaborating and working together. So there's so many life skills that are embedded in project-based learning that is so beneficial for them, even in the long run. Um, On top of that, just the model of project-based learning itself, it's hands-on. Kids have a chance to be creative. 
they have a chance to um, learn to the best ability for themselves and at their own pace. It's also so adaptable. So if you're doing it with more than one child, you can have one child do just the drawing, maybe draw about what they learned where all the others writing and drawing and doing a little bit more. So it's so adaptable for different types of kids, different types of learning abilities, and just all around a really great way to teach. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just thinking about myself. I do not have an engineering type brain. In fact, I was evaluated by a psychologist when I was in middle school who told my parents that I should never try to be an engineer. (laughs) I had no interest, so that's good. Um, But, you know, it's it's hard for me to come up with STEM-type projects, for example, even though I know they can be incredibly beneficial. I just have no idea where I could even begin on that. So what can parents like me do to start incorporate project-based learning at home? Right. So it, you know, it takes some practice in the beginning, but I always feel at, like once you start really implementing it and kind of thinking in that way, it becomes easier and easier. So what I the way I like to start is to think of a topic or if you have learning objectives at home that you need to teach your kids, grab one of those. Like if they have to learn about Native Americans or if they have to learn about um, ecosystems or explorers, whatever the topic might be, think of the topic. Then you want to come up with some objectives of what you want your kids to learn by the end of this unit, right? So if they're learning about ecosystems, what are the top three or four objectives you want them to learn by the end? From there, I would come up with the main question or the main project that you want them to do. And then find the information. I always like to go to the library and pick out books about the topic and even have your kids pick out books so that they're interested and they're part of the process and, you know, have them do the research. I would say from like third grade and up, they could start learning how to research just from reading and take, you know, helping them take notes Um, I always like to have some kind of graphic organizer for them to take notes on. So even if you have just boxes of them to fill in about the topic, like if they're studying an ecosystem, they could in one box describe what the ecosystem is and in another box they could describe the animals that live in it and so forth. So that kind of helps them and scaffolds them to take notes in those boxes and really looking through the books they got from the library, using resources online, such as maybe videos or other informational sheets that they could gather. And then they would research the topic. And then if you have supporting activities or, you know, there's so many fun things online, fun ideas that you could research to support the learning of ecosystems. And then it all leads them to that final project at the end where they get to create something or, you know, by the end, you want them to have some kind of like product that they are proud of, such as even if they created a book, like a children's book or, an, you know, a biome for their ecosystem or whatever it may be, 
uh, by the end so that they could say, well, this was a comprehensive project. And in that, you always can include other content areas. It's very easy to try to include that. So it's, you know, a coherent, comprehensive project. Okay, well, that's wonderful. So I know that you have really saved us a ton of time by creating uh, (laughs) projects with all the learning objectives already built into them. And so with the projects that you have created, what are students going to be asked to do? So right now I have all of my projects um, in a digital format. So parents would download it and, you know, if they wanted to print it out or print out the pages that they just need. And basically in, in the packet, you'll find uh, guidelines of what's in the packet, um, guidelines of what to do, and then it walks through the project. So first the kids have to, you know, there's all, I always include an informational sheet about the topic. So you can, as a parent, you can teach from that sheet to your kids. And then I always include, um, you know, instructional videos that you can show your kids, um, just any information. Sometimes there's flashcards included, any supporting materials to really teach about the topic. So I include things like that. And then I, uh, you know, depending on the project, it will jump right into researching the topic, having the kids fill in the note-taking sheets, or if it's for the younger kids, like K through second, there's a lot of cut and paste worksheets or like interactive activities that the kids could do so that they could learn the information that way. And then, you know, sometimes there's like science experiments that I suggest or art projects that I suggest. So I do try to suggest supplemental activities. And then by the end, um, I will reintroduce that essential question and a step-by-step process of how to create it or how to complete that final part of the project. And then they actually, the kids actually finish and complete the project. Okay. So when kids are researching the topic, is that when they are looking for books on the topic, for example? Yeah, so um, I would say that in the beginning of when you're starting to plan for the project, that parents can take their kids to the library and get the books and then start researching and collecting information about the topic. Okay, okay. so it it could be books, it could be, you know, an internet search and and that kind of thing too. Right. Okay, so uh, tell us what projects you already have available for parents to start incorporating in their homeschool. And so I know people want to know what are the topics? What are the what are the projects and things that we can be excited about starting? Yeah. So I actually have over 20 projects on my website. And it really ranges from grade levels from kindergarten through about 10th grade and ranges from topics. So I have a lot of science topics such as ecosystem project, uh, weather project, genetics project. I have, um, and then it goes, I have a geography project. I have one for kindergarten through second and one through third, third to eighth. And those are actually really big. Those are units. So, you know, you spend a little bit more time with them, but there's a lot of hands-on 
activities in there and kids learn the 50 states and capitals. Um, I have a history project. I have the Native American project on there. I even have a math project on probability. I have some, I call them summer projects, but really you could do it at any time. But I have, you know, in that area, there's camping and even one to for kids to build a business. So, you know, there's that. And then there's um, a movie night project. So that one's really fun because kids kind of learn more about the movie industry and why concessions, um, snacks are so expensive at the movie <laughs> theater. And they learn even about the business part of the movie industry and the history of filmmaking. So, you know, I try to make it fun and hands-on for the kids and that they're even, they're learning without even knowing that they're learning really. So how much uh, parent guidance is required in doing these projects? And I'm sure it's going to vary by age, but can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say that in the beginning of planning the project and getting all of the pieces together that the before the pre you know project implementation would take the most time for the parent so the parent does spend you know quite a bit of time in the beginning to plan it out find you know make sure that all the resources are lined up all the activities and whatnot are lined up and then I always like to see the parent as a facilitator during the project. So you hand the kids, you know, what they need to do and the parents are facilitating. So of course there will be some teaching and, and that sort of thing. But the main idea is for the parents to guide the kids through the project and answer any questions, be there as a support. So it's, you know, there are some parts that could be definitely independent for the kids, but, you know, the parents should always be there just to kind of guide them through what they need help with. Okay. And so what length of time are you talking about for these various projects? And I know, again, that's going to vary. Yeah, it varies. Um, So there is a suggested timeline in all of my projects. And most of the time, the projects, I would say, take about two to three weeks to complete. Um, Again, like you said, depending on the project and the age level, um, I do, like I said, have some geography units on there. And those are just a little bit longer. Uh, I have the K through second one is three months and the third through eighth is five months just because it breaks it up. I break it up really in detail and walk through, you know, really focusing on memorizing those 50 states and capitals. Okay, fantastic. So uh, this could be used, I guess, as a supplement. It could be something really fun for unschoolers even to to take on um it's something that you could do as i i really always liked breaking up my homeschooling if we just started to get into a rut and we weren't very motivated uh mm-hmm. this is something that you could do as a family to kind of um you know get excited about doing something new instead of the same old same old do you agree do you have any other suggestions for how you could use these projects yes i think that you covered it pretty well um definitely could be used as a supplement to what you're already learning and this could be just like a fun hands on component to it it could take the place of you know a unit if you were planning it that way um and 
Like I said, if you even wanted to add more components to it, other content areas, you can easily integrate that and kind of hit all of the things that you need to, you know, teach for that time period. Um, and even like you said, if it, you kind of get in a rut and you want something a little bit different, this is definitely a great thing to implement because like I mentioned before, it's hands-on, kids are involved, they're interested, and it's a really great way for them to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's it can be very, very in-depth and you know you can keep track. I'm just kind of helping newer homeschoolers here. You can keep track of the amount of time that you're spending doing writing and researching and reading and use that as a language arts credit or time block. Same thing with crafts and science. And um, you, I'm sure you could do uh, many other uh, content areas that you could track as part of your project. And I just have found with my kids when we worked on projects and studied something in depth that they remembered it Mm -hmm. so much longer. And I would also contend that the reason that they remembered it so much longer isn't just because it was hands-on learning and uh, the whole family was working together, but also because they were having fun. And we know that when dopamine is released, it aids memory. It Mm -hmm. helps us to retain that information. So uh, sometimes I think new homeschoolers think if you're having fun, then you're doing something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the opposite of the case. (laughs) Having fun makes it more likely that your kids are going to learn. So that's a bonus. For sure. 100%. I agree. And you know, one of the best ways for kids to really retain content is to reteach it. So an aspect that I really like about project-based learning is that by the end, um, you know, if you can have your child present what they've created to the family, to their friends, if you're part of a co-op, whatever, you know, you can do it that way. So they gain those public speaking uh, skills and they also are kind of relearning and they're also reteaching what they've learned. So that, that way it's really embedded in them. And, you know, like you mentioned, you can, work on, you know, language arts, style of writing. You could work on different types of writing. You could include like math, history, you can include so many things. And then, you know, I know that a lot, especially in the unschooling part of it, um, you like parents like to kind of focus on what the child wants to learn about. And this can open up some, you know, so many doors if they're starting to research something and then they get interested in that thing, this can really open up the door to different types of topics and things that they could study too. Yes. I love it. So speaking of that, do you have any new topics in development? Um, the next one I, I want to create is a unit on government. Ooh, (laughs) brave lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I have some fun activities for that, such as, um, you know, by the end of learning about the government and learning about the branches of government, 
kids get to create their own state and they have to create their own government and their own laws and that sort of thing. So I have a lot of fun ideas for that. I'm excited to get on it. It does take me quite a while to create these projects. I just spend a lot of time just to make sure that they're very good and you you know the kids will learn from them and have fun with them. So it'll be a while, but that's probably my next project. And you're the first to know that. So I love it. I love it. Well, I can see some homeschooling parents getting in on that one. Yes, let's create our own state. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Well, that is fantastic. Well, Nancy, can you tell us where the best place is to find these projects and how can my listeners connect with you online? So my website is buildaproject.net. B-U-I-L-D-A-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot net. Um, And all my projects are in my shop section. You can find me on Instagram at build underscore a underscore project. And I'm on Facebook at build a project as well. All right. With the underscores for Facebook or no? No underscores. Okay. All right. Fantastic. And I'm going to put those links in the show notes. So do not worry if you didn't catch those as you were listening. Nancy, this was really a lot of fun to chat with you more about your projects. And I know many of my listeners are going to be eager to check them out. So thank you so very much. Thank you so much for having me. To find a link to fundtolearnbooks.com and the projects Nancy has created, go to homeschoolsanity.com slash projects. I will be back with all new episodes in January. Until then, I will be replaying some favorite episodes that you may have missed. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.